Jessica here for another episode of Flashbacks. Today, I would like to welcome back Dr. Roger Sai, a board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon based here in Beverly Hills. This is the second time on the show that he's here to talk about my breast augmentation journey with Natrell. Dr. Sai, it's so great to sit down with you again for this podcast. It's nice to be back. Thanks for having me on again, Jessica. Well, I'm excited to share my breast augmentation with breast lift experience with all my listeners and the big role you played in providing the results that I was so hoping for. Before we get started, though, I need to share some important safety information. Breast implants are not lifetime devices. The longer patients have them, the greater the chance they develop complications, which may require more surgery. Breast implants have been associated with a cancer of the immune system called breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma, BIA-ALCL. Some patients have died from BIA-ALCL. Patients have also reported a variety of systemic systems such as joint pain, muscle aches, fusion, chronic fatigue, autoimmune diseases, and others. Natural breast implants are for breast augmentation and revision surgery in women at least 22 years old for silicone-filled implants and women at least 18 years for saline-filled implants. You should not get breast implants if you currently have an active infection, untreated breast cancer or precancer, or are pregnant or nursing. Tell your doctor about any conditions you have, any medications you are taking, and any planned cancer treatments. Breast implantation is likely not a one-time surgery. Having implants removed and not replaced may lead to permanent cosmetic changes of the breast. Breast implants may affect breastfeeding. Gel implants may rupture without symptoms, so periodic imaging after surgery is recommended. Key complications are reoperation, implant removal, implant rupture, implant deflation with saline-filled implants, and severe capsular contracture. Talk to your doctor for more information. The use of natural breast implants is restricted to licensed physicians who provide information to patients about the risks and benefits of breast implant surgery. When I first started considering a breast lift, it was really overwhelming. I had so many concerns with my breast, especially after three years of breastfeeding. I felt really vulnerable and nervous to even show my boobs. I also didn't want my boobs to look dramatically different. I wanted to still look and feel like myself. So once I decided to move forward with my procedure, I remember I had such a great conversation with you, Dr. Sai, on my show in 2019. So I reached out to you. For our listeners who are looking to begin their breast augmentation research, where should they start? So today, most patients are doing extensive research through either online reviews or checking out before and after photos of patients on many of the doctor's social media channels. Some have even formed an opinion about a surgeon before they even go in for the consultation. So my advice is to meet more than just one doctor before making your decision. It's a major procedure, so it's important that you pick someone you can trust and feel very comfortable with. Breast augmentation is one of the most popular surgical procedures. In fact, earlier this year in April, the Aesthetic Society released their annual report and showed that breast augmentation is the number two top surgical procedure for women, followed by liposuction, which was number one. Breast surgery has a high variability of techniques and options compared to other parts of the body. This is why consultations are very important to determine what the best procedure is to achieve each patient's goals. You know, I remember coming in for my consultation with you. Um, you were just so incredibly pro professional. Uh, it was so easy to talk to you, and I just remember liking everything you said about patient care. So after explaining what I wanted, you knew the game plan. You knew how I wanted to achieve my goals. And so how should listeners prepare for a consultation and communicate uh, their desired results? Great question. So it's important to understand that just because a certain size of a breast implant looks one way on one patient doesn't necessarily mean it'll look the same on you. 
The differences in body proportions, height, and weight are highly variable between patients. So the best way to communicate goals is to show a photo of what you're aiming for. Find before and after photos that are somewhat similar to your body type. You can either go online or on social media and find pictures of breast sizes or appearances that you would like to achieve. For most of my patients, I have them try on implants during the consultation so that they have a good idea of the results. 3D app morphing can also be done, but I find a lot of them to not be very reliable. Thanks, Dr. Sai. That is great advice. So uh, prior be to becoming a mom, I didn't think much of breastfeeding and how it would impact my body. But, you know, after three years, I had so much extra skin that I knew I had to do something for myself. So for moms who have breastfed and they're considering a breast augmentation, what should they keep in mind? So for listeners who have breastfed in the past and considering a breast augmentation, the first step is to come in for that consultation. As I mentioned earlier, breast surgery has a very high variability of techniques and options, and every patient has a very different anatomy. The procedure done for women before pregnancy and breastfeeding could be drastically different from a procedure done for women after pregnancy and breastfeeding. This has to do with volume versus skin, or sometimes both. Additionally, some procedures won't affect breastfeeding, and some will, where patients may experience reduced milk production or other breastfeeding difficulties. This is why the consultations are so very important to determine the best approach to achieve each patient's goals, as well as weighing the benefits and risks of each options. For your case, Jessica, to achieve the look of a fuller, perkier breast, I recommended a breast augmentation with a breast lift. So I always talk about volume and skin as being different issues with different procedures. For Jessica, the issues were both volume and skin. So the breast augmentation will address the volume, while the breast lift will address the issues with the skin droopiness. Well, I remember I showed you a few pictures to help determine the size of the breast augmentation. Uh, can you speak more about how you came to your recommendation for the implant size? I always say that the actual number of cc's are the least important measurements. It just gives us an idea of where to start. The most important factor is ensuring that the implant fits each patient's chest. We then determine the profile based off of the patient's example photos. So it's almost like a X and a Y chart axis. The CCs will automatically present itself when these two factors align. Once we narrow in on an implant size, I tend to ask my patients to try on sample implants physically in order to continue assessing if this is the right size that they're looking to achieve or not. And then we can alter it from there. As the patients are trying these implants on, they get the chance to feel the different firmness of implants since every patient has different expectations for the softness or firmness of their implants. So, you know, for example, a younger patient with firmer breasts may opt for a softer implant, whereas an older patient or someone post-pregnancy um, with softer or deflated breast may opt for a more firmer breast. This is why it's important for each patient to touch and feel the implants from themselves, not only to get a sense of the size, but also to get the tactile sensation and firmness of the implant. Well, you definitely helped me get my desired look. Honestly, people didn't even know I got a breast augmentation, and that's what I was hoping for. For listeners who might not be familiar with all the different implant brands, can you explain more about why you recommended Natrell for me? Yeah, so, you know, I chose Natrell because it's a brand that I've used consistently for many years and have been very happy with the results for my patients. I like the softness, the shell, as well as the safety profile. The variety of five different profiles and three different levels of softness allows me to cater to the high variability of goals in breast surgery that I mentioned previously. Some patients only want a modest increase in size, while others want a more significant increase in size. Some also want firmer implants to provide perkiness, so the variety helps me give individualized care for each patient. 
Natrell's warranty program is also great. Every patient with Natrell gel breast implants is automatically enrolled in what they call Confidence Plus Warranty, and it's free. The warranty includes implant replacements if there's rupture or deflation, as well as coverage for late seromas and breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma, or the BIA ALCL as mentioned earlier. Lastly, I tell all my patients about Natrell Perks. Natrell Perks is an offer exclusively for ILE members who receive a breast augmentation with Natrell gel implants. Patients will receive 500 ALI points on their augmentation that they can use towards a future allergen aesthetic treatment. And with Natrell Perks, they become eligible to redeem a complementary injectables treatment. When deciding on the implant options, I just remember choosing Natrell. That was the easiest part of the entire process. After filling the implants and hearing Dr. Sai's reasons to choose Natrell, I was sold. For the listeners who are a little nervous about getting breast augmentation, how do you help them understand the safety and like the potential risk? So safety is the most important thing, and it's always a priority. So during the consultation, I always walk my patients through all the risks and complications associated with having breast implants so they can ask all of the questions. They can find a similar list of questions on Natrell.com if they want to prepare for their questions ahead of time. I discuss the possibility of breast pain, swelling, scarring, and complications with the implant position. Patients receiving breast implants have reported systemic symptoms like joint pain, muscle aches, confusion, chronic fatigue, autoimmune disease, and others. Breast implants have been associated with a cancer of the immune system called breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma, or BIA-ALCL. This occurs more commonly with textured breast implants than smooth implants, and some patients have even died from BIA-ALCL. Other complications include ruptures and capsular contracture and the buildup of scar tissue around the implants. I discussed that implants are not a lifetime device, and the longer a patient has them, the greater the chance they will develop complications, which potentially may require more surgery. Um, it's recommended that patients have an ultrasound or MRI at five to six years after surgery, and then every two to three years afterwards, even if they have no symptoms, and to make sure they understand that the need for routine and regular follow-ups for as long as they have their implants. There are techniques also during surgery and after surgery that may help lower the risk of complications related to capsular contracture. Wow, thank you for all the insights. It may seem daunting to pursue a procedure that may require surgery. I just remember being nervous leading up to the procedure as it was the first time I've ever had surgery. I was Googling everything about getting implants leading up to the scheduled operation. Dr. Sai, you made me feel so reassured by reiterating how the process works and what to expect, so I would be prepared. I knew I was in good hands and went in that morning feeling very confident. Dr. Sai, can you share how you help patients be more prepared for surgery? Absolutely. So to prepare patients for surgery, I discuss conditions that may impact their surgical outcome and tend to provide a list of my recommendations for what to do and what not to do, which include, firstly, no nicotine exposure, either through cigarettes or vapes or secondhand smoking for at least two weeks before and two weeks after the surgery. Next, most importantly, there's no blood thinners or alcohol for one week before and after surgery. This includes over-the-counter medications such as Aleve or, t or Advil, but Tylenol is okay. Do not eat eight hours before the procedure, and that's for anesthetic purposes. Take a shower the night before or morning of the surgery, and don't worry about changing your diet. I also reassure my patients by reiterating that due to the advancement of technology, patients are healing and feeling better after the surgery faster than ever before, but the post-operative care depends on each patient's unique situation. 
So for at least a couple of weeks, you should avoid any strenuous activities that could raise your pulse and blood pressure or require strenuous use of your arms and chest. After the surgery, I ask my patients to be gentle and careful with returning back to normal activities. Usually, they should wait about a week before returning to all daily activities. At the same time, there's definitely no lifting anything more than 10 pounds for the first month. After the first month, patients usually may resume normal activities such as weightlifting. We start breast massages. We also start doing silicone scar cream therapy for the scars. And patients may begin soaking in a hot tub, pool, or jacuzzi. So for those of you who are listening, be sure to check with your plastic surgeon about recovery and when you can resume normal activities. Everyone is different, and your doctor can best guide you. Ah, all such great advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Sai. With your help and recommendation, I feel like me again. My clothes and bras fit better, and I'm just so happy with my results. Listeners, if you'd like to learn more about breast augmentation in a trial, see the link in the podcast description. I also included a link for more information about the Natrell perks. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today and share so much information about the breast augmentation journey, Dr. Sai. It's always great to see you, Jessica, and I thanks know. for having me on your <laughs> podcast again today. And, you know, very happy with uh, how your procedure came and uh, your decision to go with Natrell breast implants. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our Implants 101 today with Natrell. We'll see you next time on Flashbacks.